In the words of the legendary Lou Gellerman, hello dog fans and welcome to the Sound the Siren podcast because everything matters, including one final in-conference time to bring the golden bear from his quote-unquote mighty lair and hang their carcasses up in the Northland. Uh, We've got Cal coming to town uh, for another edition of Pac-12 After Dark. As usual, I am your host, Hooligan7. I am joined tonight by Hood Husky, Johnny Tugs, and J-Cap. Uh, special sign-on names uh, for, for tonight. I was uh, signed in as Won't Cox, because uh, they ain't going to be winning Cox, or Will Cox ain't happening on Saturday. Uh, Hood's Golden Bears. Uh, Johnny is re- returning as Johnny Big, and uh, and of course, J-Cap is Michael Big Tenix Jr. Uh, how are you gents doing this evening? What's up? What's up? We good, we good. All right. Without further ado, we've got to, of course, talk about beverages. Uh, who's got something? Uh, I'm drinking uh, Gold Tops Rainier for uh, boy. able to make our day this past weekend because of work, but uh, I'm drinking it now. Nice. Nice. J-Cap, how about you, bud? I'm on that uh, high-quality H2O. Hood, you know you ain't got to ask, Clem. <laughs> uh, I also don't want people, I also don't want people to think I don't drink. If you catch me at a tailgate or something like that, we can we can get busy. You know, what I'm saying we can get busy. I can hang with the best of them, but you know, for the PM, I got high quality H two O again. Cheers, brothers. Yep, I was on Team Water today as well. I'm uh, Team Dry right now, not drinking a dang thing. <laughs> Um, we can go ahead and move in to stupid tweets. Um, I'll, I'll start us off. And as per usual, it's at big game boomer with the QB performances of best QB performances of the week and, uh, rating a quarterback that had to come back from an eight point deficit against one of the worst <laughs> group of five teams, uh, as a better performance than Michael Penix Jr. Absolutely shredding a power five defense and not needing to play at all in the fourth quarter. So congrats to you, big game boomer or just big game idiot. Anybody else have any stupid tweets uh, that uh, need to be discussed? Go ahead, Tugs. Um, everything that that Austin duck fan, I, I don't even know. Dumbass duck. Yeah. He, he went to Houston. He was a Texas fan and now he's a bandwagon duck fan. Pretty much everything he says is just idiotic. The dude's an idiot. Him and Big Game Boomer are making very regular appearances on this segment. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, full of dumb ones, man. RJ Young, too, making appearances. Oh, my God. Or JD Bick. Josh Pate's come around. What, Josh Pate, his... his... My- Decision to manually override his own algorithm. I will give him respect for that. We're going to say stupid <laughs> tweets, but we will also recognize the smart, the smart thank you. tweets. But um, uh, Clayton, parenthesis, alpha, Big Ten fan, uh, his tweet that said that Colorado is the toughest conference opponent for Oregon this year is... I don't really think there needs to be much said about how idiotic that is. Well... Anybody that puts Alpha in their profile doth protest too much, methinks. 
Hey man, you just threw the alley oop. I, I got a you threw the GP. I'm about to Sean Kemp it. Uh, I got the same dude, man. Clay <laughs> I got the one where he says Washington will see four man box and continue to push the ball downfield because they can't effectively do anything else. And somehow we're supposed to believe this is a good thing just because it works against inferior athletes. So uh, Christian is an inferior athlete. You know what I'm saying? We, we beat Texas, who has a bunch of draftable players, a bunch of teams that have what, what y'all love to call BCR and talent composite. We, we've, we've beat teams that have higher talent composites than us by you guys' standards, and that nobody has stopped the offense. So, very stupid tweet. Clayton's on a roll, though. Four-man box? Are you kidding me? Come on. I mean, as if we haven't seen two, you know, to high safeties for a year and a half now. Yeah. <laughs> and Greb doesn't care. And we didn't run for 177 yards literally last week. Sure didn't. And, Texas and not, Wyoming doesn't count. And I just find it funny that they want to keep talking about inferior opponents. Motherfuckers, you, pay, you played Portland State and Hawaii. I don't know if we need to be talking about inferior opponents. You keep pulling in these top 15 draft classes and then want to talk about us playing inferior opponents. Mm-hmm. And should have lost that Texas Tech. Facts. Mm-hmm. The ref, the refs gave him that game, not calling that an interception uh, in the end zone. Facts. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, I can't remember another stupid tweet, but I can't remember who tweeted it. Um, someone, one of those like go ducks or Clayton or somebody that said that, uh, at TTU is a harder road win than at MSU guys. East Lansing is a much tougher place to play than Lubbock. And that's a team that just lost to Wyoming. Like, True. what are you talking about? I mean, I'll, I'll give the ducks this. Lubbock is harder to get to, but once you're there, the quality of competition is different. Very true. I mean, Texas Tech might be a better team than Michigan State this year, historically. And Michigan State didn't lose to Wyoming. This is true. And I think also, I think a lot of people are, you know, Tulsa was putting up, you know, a bunch of points. They didn't put no points up. And also, Boise State was the top twenty-five defense in the country last year. Exactly, and and you can literally you can watch how they play this year and see that there's going to be probably some turnover in on their offensive staff because they're not using their offensive their best offensive players well. So you can just see that they were more talented than you know what they displayed versus us. Their game plan was trash. So yeah, good. Are we sure that? Uh... Colorado State didn't get robbed in their game as well. Wazoo blew them out in Colorado. They didn't get robbed. Like they, the fact that without going into the whole thing, um, they were pretty lucky that that player didn't get ejected for the. That was an egregiously late hit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, just to me afterwards too, like after the hit was kind of like I did it on purpose, which kind of was also a little weird, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is what it is. That's football, man. That was a close game. 
It was a good game. The conference good. had some good games. Whoever called the Fresno State win, I just thought Arizona State was going to put up way better than eight turnovers and no point. That man, once they once they came down with those sanctions, man, that team just yeah, well, I'm not picking Arizona State again this year. Yeah, that does not want to play football. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they uh, they've got a real fun one this week too. We'll talk about that one in a minute. But before before we go around with a look at the Pac-12 conference. Uh, let's talk about what we liked uh, from this this last Saturday in East Lansing. Um, I, I mean, I think the the two word short answer is a lot. <laughs> um, the it, injuries, you know, uh, not not great. You know, hearing that Devon and and Mateo, I mean, that they weren't injured in this game, but that they that both Devon and Mateo are are out for the year is is, is certainly a big bummer. But it does lead. Um, we shouted him out on the podcast last week. Um, I think it's absolutely worth shouting him out again. What a performance by Parker Brailsford taking over. Freshman of the week. Let's go. Just getting it done. But uh, what do you guys think? Kind of standout performances for you beyond the obvious. <laughs> uh, I liked. I liked what I saw from Landon Hatchett. Um, yep. playing in the interior um, and then getting in, getting to see him play next to Guerin was really cool um, just from a cool moment standpoint but mm-hmm. um, as far as the actual on the field I liked the little bit of flexibility that we have with Landon and his ability to come in on the road in a big environment as a true freshman is air bodes well for uh, our interior offensive line moving forward over the next couple of years Um as far as other things that we liked, I like seeing the running game get going. I like seeing Dylan Johnson at least a little bit more healthy. I think he's still not 100%. You could see that on the long run that he broke. He's not mm-hmm. the fastest guy, as we all know, when he was coming in. But you could tell when he was running that that he wasn't 100%. And if he was, maybe breaks that to the end zone. But um, seeing the running game get going, he was hitting those holes pretty hard in the, the first first possession mm-hmm. and turning what was a short one to two yard gain when he was playing Boise state at home into a nine yard, seven yard run. So um, I think that that bodes well for uh, our balance going through the rest of the season. And speaking, I, I, I talk just one sec. I, I got to mention one thing. Hood, you were expecting me to say it last week and I didn't, and I was wrong. Tybo, Rogers, welcome, welcome to the party. Uh, big, big things in that young man's future. Um, but Tug, to go ahead. Oh, um, I think that's just to go off of what, like, kind of what JCap said. I think that's uh, going to be huge going down the season. That Hatchet got to play. We're going to need him down the season. I, I've, you know, the play, and I think that's. I didn't know until now that he got to play next to his brother. That's 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 pretty fucking awesome. And how did I, – I didn't get to see the game. I just saw highlights. Tybo looked sick. Like, should we burn his red shirt or what, what are we thinking on that? Yeah, I think you have to burn his red shirt. Uh, if Cameron Davis was fully healthy, I think that's a different conversation. Um, but with where we're at, 
in the running back room and what we've seen from the guys so far. I think Tybo showed some burst. He's a really aggressive runner. Um, you could see he was maybe a read or two off from breaking some bigger runs. Um, but I think that Tybo going down the stretch of this season and into next season and the rest of his Husky career, I think he's going to be a, a really big factor for us. Okay. Be- before I hear from Hooligan and Hood, who does he remind you of? You dub wise running. Ooh. And who does he remind you of? Shoot. You know, that's tough. Give me a, give yes. me a same. I'm going to, I haven't rewatched the game yet, so I might have to watch it again to get a, a real opinion, but he's I'm got gonna... like, He's got some really balanced strides. He has a little forward lean to be slight. Usually bigger dudes have that forward lean. Um, he has a nice little forward lean to be slight. Athletically, it's hard. I don't think I don't think he has much in common with a lot of people athletically. So that's that's a tough like one. Give me athletic, give me a little on that. Like more athletic or than what we've um. I just mean similarly. Okay. Like, if you see Napoleon Kaufman in somebody, you're like, oh, yeah. If you see, you know, like Chris Polk in somebody, it's like, oh, yeah, I can see that. I don't, it's to, in relation to a UW running back, that part is the tough part. Because we usually have like more bruisers and uh, the every down guys. Tybo is kind of like the scat that we've kind of, just think of maybe Dylan Edwards at Colorado. Okay. Like very similar. So just a guy you get in space that kind of just makes people miss. You know, makes people miss for sure. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. not like an every down back, but like he can mature into that. Um, what I will say is you were talking about the red shirt, and um, I, I think that's a tough conversation. I think they probably were picking one on offense and one on defense, or a couple on offense, maybe with Landon. But but it did look like he it, it was hurting every time he got hit. <laughs> it did look like it was like God, no, okay, whew, I got to do this again. Okay, tapping him. Yeah, let me get out. You know, so yeah, I I, I think they get. I agree. I think the frame isn't the, like it's not his frame isn't where it is gonna be, exactly. and so it's just because he hasn't had a full season. Uh, you know, working with McKee Free, um, what he looks like a year from now, two years from now is going to be very different. And so that's going to change a little bit of like, I yeah. think some of the tackles that a Dylan Johnson or, Richard, you know, Richard Newton or even Will Nixon or, or those guys, the experienced guys in the room will run through just based on muscle mass. They're older players. They've had more time in a college weight room. Um, and when I said even Will Nixon, I didn't mean it like that way. It was, Will's not the bruiser of, <laughs> of the more experienced back, but like, one of the things that we talked about it in one of the previous episodes that one of the cl- clearest w- places that Will has put on positive weight is he is much thicker built to, to withstand punishment and um, to run through big legs is, are going to increase your ability to run through tackles. And we saw, we saw rich still got some juice if we need it. So that was good. To see yeah. Too. But yeah, but um, uh, good. Well, I was just going to kind of go to mine. Um, I got <clears throat> I'll have a two on defense. Um gotta go with one of the obvious ones, and that's Mish. Uh, mm-hmm. Michelle L. Um Reggie Jones um said that uh, one of his trainers said that 
he saw the same route or route concept and alignment versus Tulsa, and he got the PBU. Um, and this game, you know, he did his film study, saw the same formation, and this time made a. Uh, it's it's funny too. He had inside leverage. His first step was inside, and he bre- <laughs> and he broke like he knew what was coming. So you can see that he was putting in the work, um, and it was preparation that definitely got him that interception. And that's what you really, really need to see from uh, one of your defensive leaders, especially somebody who's on an island often. So shout out to Mish. And then um, the second person on defense, I'll say, is Vince Nunley. Uh, The man, I think, had the most snaps on defense, and we didn't call his name one time. For a safety, that that means you are doing a great job if we never have to call your name. So Vince Nunley, um, I believe, having the most snaps on defense, um, not being involved in the game in a good way uh, was awesome to see. Um, and then finally, I'll say just uh, two people um, on offense, and that's the two bookend tackles. Um, didn't really give up too much pressure at all. And it was it was funny because you saw Michigan State fans even commenting and saying, why are they putting the, the two best pass rushers uh, on the edges in coverage? And it's like, because they know they're not going to get past Troy and Roger. So they might as well come up with these exotic calls and these exotic coverage packages because Winman is not getting in there. So yeah. those, those are my four, two on offense, two defense. Speaking of that, shout out to Casey Byers and the video staff in for another fire video in the recap, but in particular – the second and a half of Julius and Troy pulling is just gorgeous football film. Mm-hmm. Um, Shouts to our video production department and Casey Byers and his whole team. Uh, the other thing that I will say on the defensive side of the ball, it, it has to be said, welcome back to a fully healthy Zion Tupola Fatui. Yes, ZTF, sir. we have missed you. We are so glad to have you back and so glad that you're able that you're healthy and able to ball out this year. You deserve it. And what a performance. Oh my God. I was just... That was a, and that was a forced fumble. Anybody that says that wasn't a forced fumble is a fucking idiot. <laughs> Obviously we got packed 12 reps in that game. That was, how mm-hmm. did they yeah. not, how did they not That would be a stupid that? tweet of the whistle or the, lack of a stupid tweet that, of the whistle. <laughs> the fact that they reviewed that incomplete catch on the next drive and didn't review the clear forced fumble. <laughs> Just referee ineptitude. Yeah, it definitely got the. It definitely has some weird vibes, and I think we all kind of saw it and felt it, and we're just like, they're gonna do this throughout the rest of the game. Like, and almost, and to be honest, it almost felt like it needed to happen. Like, yeah. or else that was a it bad game. Unfair, was- real quick. <laughs> Man, that was a bad game. Could you, you, could could you just... imagine if we got the ball in a short field with an extra two minutes in the first quarter? Even Mike the Troy up six hundred yards and seven touchdowns, and still been out when he came, went, and still left the game when he did. Yeah, exactly. Dude, the Troy hold on the long play, like oh hold. my, you know it's a bad the Jalen hold. No, you know it's a bad call on the Troy hold. When ducks are tweeting about how bad that call was, oh, for real, duck yeah. fans were like, "That was a bad yes. call." Yes. Yeah. Oh boy. What was it? Or, Somebody or... said that uh, it just meant that you weren't watching the block if you throw a flag on that. 
Yeah, like, or Jalen's, like, even Chris Simms was saying, like, that's just a, was it a hold or was it just a dominant block? Right. Like, you put up all of those yards, but put up 41 points and score, what, seven points, six points in the second half? Oh, yeah, they were trying to keep points off that board. Mm-hmm. Well, and not calling it to shame the kid by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination, but um, if Tayshawn takes the football in that situation, that's probably six points in our favor rather than an interception for Michigan State. True. Also, like, Tayshawn the... probably scores on that play. Yeah, I was looking at the depth of target on that, too. And we were, I think, 20 yards away from breaking our all-time yardage record. I think if he catches that and runs to the end zone, we break the record and score the touchdown instead of throw a pick. But, I mean, it is what it is. We can break the record against Oregon this year. It's fine. I think he, I think he takes just the type of kid that he is. I think he takes that very personal very personal so um i i always say look for tayshawn lions when given opportunity no uh, absolutely four games to bounce back for sure that was a bad that was a bad drop young brother we got we got to put it out there that's a bad drop young brother but you know you come from but, quality so we know what you we know what you're capable of freshmen are gonna make freshman mistakes it's okay it's not like it's not you know not to trigger or talk about what happened against this particular team we're facing this week. Uh, you know, it's not a fifth or sixth year senior jumping out of the fucking end zone with the game winning oh touchdown. Like he's a uh, bro, bro, bro. We can't, that still hurts. Can't start our cow conversation with that. That still hurts. Can we say, can we say shout <laughs> out to Oak for just setting a tone for the whole damn team? Like, mm-hmm. Jesus, man, that dude just is a scrapper. Man. Oh, I forgot. Stupid tweets. uh, Pac-12 Network or Pac-12 Conference on Twitter put out that video today of who had the best catch in uh, Pac-12 play this week and did not include any of the UW catches. Uh, No Jalen. No Jalen a second time. No Rome. They had uh, T-Mac from Arizona, Tez Johnson, and, I mean, uh, T-Mac from Arizona's catch was that, crazy. That catch was insane. I don't have a problem <laughs> with that one. But the, I can't remember who the other one was. One of the guys from Colorado that was just but, a hella normal catch. But Jalen Polk, JP's at full extension, knowing he was going to get hit, that is a man's catch. Like, exactly. That is just a full-on... And even if you want to include the other tipped ball uh, caught touchdown just for the meme of it, but mm-hmm. I mean, to not include any of them was pretty comical. Dude, Rome's mm-hmm. catch was insane. Yeah, that's a league catch. Rome's is a league catch. Oh yeah, just left, right, up, down, center, diagonal, sideways. There were a few of them from multiple receivers. Oh in yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, you guys know how I, how I was on Rome's head about you know them contested catches, and it's uh. It's apparent, man. It's apparent. I don't know what has it, has doing, the, but all of them ha, are ha, on it, bro. Has the peace treaty been signed between you and Rome's dad on Twitter? He's I, not I signing know. no treaties with nobody. Must be very it's, honest. You don't have no peace treaty with nobody, bro. It's him, ride or die with his young man, and I respect all of it for sure. If you go to your your Twitter search bar and type in Romo Dunze, you will see his dad supporting his son. 
know more than you've seen any dad supporting his son. We're, we're all here for that. It's just, you know what's funny about it to me is that he can't tweet about Rome without saying his full name. He won't say just Rome. It's always full Rome or Dunze is blah, blah, blah. It's so good. <laughs> so much respect. For sure. Copy and paste. Probably, dude, honestly, dude, I'd probably be the same way. Dude, he... Seriously, I was in multiple different arguments with multiple different fan bases uh, throughout the course of the last few days, and he would reply to every one of my tweets in the argument with the same tweet and the same stats. Oh, my God. He's everywhere, bro. Hey, and then just... You know, when, when the Darker Knight was talking about how uh, they were going to use Jeremy at running back, you know, I have my, you know, body type, running style, yes. But I have my reservations. I was like, wait, what? Like, why would you? But just seeing how they have him doing a lot of those things in the red zone, but then also, too, um, and if you just are monitoring how they um, manipulate and maneuver their, their mismatches, there, are t- there was a time where... Jalen and Jeremy were in the backfield. So mm-hmm. then I was about to mention that too. It forces a linebacker on one of your receivers just based on alignment. So that is 4D chess, but then also to just um, speaking this to Jeremy, like his versatility, you know, you're seeing him on, you know, KOR, um, stuff called back but i think he's like the second or third best kick returner in the conference so oh yeah we top three but then jesus also shout out shout out to ryan grubb for definitely uh planning and scheming getting jeremy that first touchdown that was fucking sick oh my god was that Mm -hmm. not all-time trolling or what so good It was nice. I knew it was coming. It was... Where is Jalen Polk on the all-time list for, like, Michigan State <laughs> versus Michigan State? Bro, he might have the record. <laughs> He's got to have, like, a two-season record. It's got to be. There, if, if, if Jalen comes back, Michigan State has to be praying. To, has to be in that conference meeting right now talking about what the 2024 schedule looks like. It's like, please don't make us play this man. Please don't make us play this man. Please don't make us play this man. <laughs> Three years in a row. Dude, our wide receiver <laughs> core is so fucking ill. Oh my God. It's, it's the best wide better. receiver room in school history. I oh, agree. Yeah. Oh, like, agree. just. There's not a wide receiver room that comes in Utah history that comes close. In terms of the depth, no. Like, I mean, at the top end, like, it, pretty hard to, like, I mean. Reggie and Charles were. Reggie and Charles. And, like, and there were some talented guys otherwise. But, like, Reggie and, like, the, the Mario Bailey and Orlando McKay, 91 oh, receiver yeah. room. There have been some great receiver rooms. John Ross and Dante Pettis. But, like, but top to top bottom, to the bottom, depth. It, I don't oh. think it's close. No. Like, and there's more coming. That's exactly, the thing that's we're, exactly like, Jason Robinson, fucking uh, Justice Williams. Those boys. Yeah, these are dudes. I got enough for you. Those guys. I love. I, well, I, and I will say another great tweet from this week, and I don't remember who tweeted it, but uh, it was a highlight of Justice Williams where he was he caught the ball and he gained another three or four yards carrying with, Dakota Fields on his back. 
Uh-huh. Like a backpack? Yes, it's going to be happening that. quite a bit the next five years, except that I think that what's going to happen a little bit more in the next five years is that Dakota's going to be on his back, and then Dakota's going to be on his own backside watching Justin Williams run away <laughs> down the field. And we always and, and we always seem to get the guys that other coaches rave about. You know, the rival school will be like, yeah, man, that guy, Justice Williams, man, is a dog, man. You know, it's not the the guy who's got the most armbands on that they're talking about. They tend to talk about the guys that we get, you know, as, oh, Jason Robinson is the, the best route runner in the class. Justice Williams is the best overall physical athlete in the class. So it's things like that, that when opposing coaches start talking positively about your guys, that means a lot. Oh, pup. Dude, the armband wearers could go to Oregon. And they will. Bro, the only thing I could think of when you said that was that uh, Coastal Carolina press conference from that head coach. We need more dogs. We need more dogs. Not no cat. They took off, bro. That program took off after that. They really did. Yeah. All right. Any any final thoughts on the ass kicking uh, uh, in Spart- at Spartan Stadium? Uh, just that we put up the most yards ever against Michigan State, and no one talked about it yet. Seven hundred and thirteen yards. Their previous record, I just looked it up. Six hundred and sixty-six yards to Nebraska in ninety-five. So that, that was, by the way, that and that was a pretty good Nebraska team, if if you'll recall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I believe that was a national championship Nebraska team. What year? 95. 95. Oh, yep, it was. Yep. So, yeah, that was kind of fun. Well, let's uh, let's take a quick uh, trip around the pack, um, and we'll start uh, with the the, the uh, conference mashups. Uh, and we do have, and this is fun. Conference schedule this weekend is led off with three games, where both teams are where both teams are ranked. So we've got Colorado go first off on a 1230 kick on ABC. We've got Colorado going into Eugene. The Ducks are a 21 point favorite with the over under at 70 and a half. Uh, what do you gentlemen think? Uh, I don't think this is going to be close. Um, as I said on Twitter, always fuck Oregon forever, but this should not be close. Um, I think it's, my scores forty one seventeen. I think it's insane. good. I think it's insane that, uh, and it's awesome that uh, the Pac twelve has eight out of twelve teams ranked. It's about goddamn time. Yep. I mean i i I feel like no matter what happens this season, like we're all the Pac-12 teams should have good bowl rankings and end up, you know, it's like it's like when the SEC has eight eight teams ranked, you know, this all of our teams are legit though. Mm-hmm. Like this, the fact that they maybe not all, them, but they're all what? Not maybe. all of our teams. No, <laughs> no close. <laughs> well, I mean, I would say like. Oregon's legit to be ranked. Are they legit to be top ten? Yeah, I don't know. I think I think Oregon. I'm I'll, I'm going to be honest here. I think Oregon's going to just absolutely curb stomp Colorado. 
and that's going to down the line. I'm always w- want to fuck Oregon, but down the line, that's going to help UW metric wise. Pause, bro. Pa- hold on. What? <laughs> <laughs> phrasing, my friend. Phrasing. Uh, Hood, what do you think about this one? Oh man, this is one of them. This is one of them game flow games. Uh, where there's going to be so much space in the running game for Oregon and so much space for Colorado in the pass game. Um, This is going to be one of them, a bunch of yards, fun shootouts. Um, I got Oregon winning it um, because when it really comes down to it and Colorado seriously threatens the outcome of the game, they'll slow it down and run the ball, Um, especially if they end up having a few of those first half possessions uh, come up scoreless. You know, I think they're really going to get back to their bread and butter. I think the first half they're going to try to – I think Colorado's going to try to get out on them early, you know, which is a smart thing. If you have a, a good offense and you um, t- um, and, and, uh, struggling trenches in defense. So I think they're going to get out, try to get out early and maintain. Um, but Oregon's run game is just is just too good. So yep. I think they're going to, um, you know, lean on, lean on Colorado um, physically. I got a score of uh, – 41-27. So you've got Colorado covering. I agree with you. I think Colorado covers. Um, and I, I will also agree. I think it's... Uh, I'll, I take the over on this one. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored, but I do think that Oregon wins comfortably. Um, but I don't think it's three scores. I could see Oregon winning probably this one by like 17 or... I think it's about a 17-point win for the Ducks. I agree. I agree. And moving on to the other 12:30 kickoff, and that is the UCLA Bruins heading to Salt Lake City uh, to face the Utah Utes, who are a four and a half point favorite with the over and un- the over under set at 52 and a half. Uh, what do you guys think? For some weird reason, I think UCLA is going to squeak this one out. For me, this game, it all depends on if Cam Rising plays or not. If Cam Rising plays, I think Utah holds serve and wins at home. Uh, yep. If he doesn't, I think uh, UCLA uh, gets this one done. Uh, and with the defenses involved, I actually I'm, I would be playing the under if I were a betting man. This one's going to be an ugly defensive... Um, 17 to 14... 13 10 that kind of uh, that kind of ball game yeah I was gonna say it'll be a one possession game um, I think it like you Julian depends on cam rising I think if he plays I think Utah will win this let's say 18 to 14 um, and from an optics perspective for UW purposes, I would prefer that because we don't have UCLA on our schedule. So I want Utah to win so that we play them undefeated. would be ideal. Mm-hmm. Or as close to it as possible, for sure. Yeah, I, I keep Because I think the they have S- I think playing each other. And they're not going to be undefeated. SC, but I think SC has can. them before, yeah, yeah, before right. we do as well. So. Right. Good thoughts on that one? Yeah, I got uh, I got a score similar to you guys. I definitely think it's going to be an extremely physical defensive game. Um, you know, to be honest, I do feel like UCLA 
has more juice on offense. Um, you know, so if all things are even and comparable on defense, I'm going to give the edge to Dante Moore in that offense and those weapons. Um, and I got a score of 24 to 20. Um, yeah, just a bunch of sacks, a bunch of TFLs, bad running game, all of that. And big win for UCLA and Dante Moore for sure. That's a huge win for them. All right, moving on to, uh, by the way, that U- UCLA at Utah game is going to be on Fox. Uh, moving on to another Fox game. Um, and I think this is going to be one of the games, one of the first games of the year. Like, I think all of these games between the ranked teams in the conference are going to be really the first chances. Like, who are these teams really? Uh, and this one certainly qualifies. And that's uh, Oregon State going on the road as a three-point favorite uh, in Pullman with the over-under at 59, 4 p.m. kick on Fox. I think we're going to learn a lot about Oregon State and Washington State in this one. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I think in Pullman, um, honestly, I I think I like Washington State in this game. Um, Low-key, very quietly, Lincoln Victor is putting on a show out there. It's nuts. He Um, is killing. He's balling out there. And and, and not even for the, the yards, like not even the yards. If you like watch the game, like how he gets, oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. For him to have gone to Hawaii out of high school was pretty crazy, but that that kid can ball. Um, I I think I like Washington State in this game. Um, I'm gonna say thirty-five twenty-five. Hmm. Yeah, man. To be honest. I got this a blowout. Um, I think Wazoo's a better team. Um, I think um, Oregon has a solid secondary, um, but I don't think they have the front Wazoo does. I think Wazoo's going to apply the first pressure uh, to this offensive line and DJU this year. And we've even seen it in a lot of the inferior competition that Oregon State's played. Um, they are not fully able to compensate for DJ some of DJU's inaccuracies um, with those off-target throws, those wide receivers like we had predicted. So they tend to have to go to the screen game. Um, and don't forget, you know, Jaden Hicks, um, I think his name's uh, last name Smith Wade, um, Sean Smith Wade maybe, the corner. Mm-hmm. They have some really, really good, uh, good DBs and a solid front seven over there on the Palouse. So, Mm-hmm. I definitely got their defense making some plays and maybe even potentially scoring. And I got Cam Ward in a phenomenal groove. Um, I got a score of 45 to 27. Wow. And I think Oregon State closes that late. So I mm. think it's a game. I like it. Wow. Tugs, what do you think about this one? Uh, I also got Wazoo in that game. Um, yeah, I just think it's going to – I think Wazoo is uh, clicking. Um I think they're a good team. I really do. I think they're a good team. Um, I'm going to go with uh, 35-21. All right. Uh, I'll be the contrarian, and I'll take the Beavers in this one. Uh, and I think that the, and, uh, the, the way I see it happening for Oregon State is uh, more on the underside of things and that they really, really – used to focus on ground and pound and keeping 
the explosivity of the Washington State offense off the field as much as possible. This would have been the strategy um, if our defense hadn't, you know, completely nuked it for Michigan State of how to contain our offense. Um, but I think that's uh, I think Oregon State um, has a chance to get that done. So that's their route to uh, to a victory in the Pul- in Pullman. But in the I'm not two championship game. Yeah, in the pack in, in the hug fest. In the post game hug, <laughs> hug fest, the 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 left behind championship. <laughs> when was the last time the you saw bracket Pac twelve competing games on ABC and Fox, and then Fox run three straight Pac twelve games? Are you fucking kidding me? It's been a minute. <laughs> Shit, they've probably been waiting to do it. <laughs> this is They've probably been waiting to do it. Like, when are these teams going to be marketable again? Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to the other uh, 4 o'clock game in the conference. Uh, and this one, um, I'm not sure how Zona is only a 12-point favorite going on the road to the library. Um, and it is, so it's, this one's on pack 12, Arizona's heading to Stanford with the over and under at 16 and a half. Um, I'll put my pick on pick in here. Um, Arizona might score 60 points. <laughs> uh, it's Arizona and it's Arizona big on the Mac might have more receptions than Stanford scores points. That would be a great bet mm. down in Vegas. I take it. It's possible. Man, the Stanford that yeah, I think they win by more than that sixteen. Um, it, I don't know where that Stanford went that played Hawaii, but Hawaii is not a terrible team. They're not terrible. They're not great, but they have the third leading passer in the country, so they at least can do something on offense. And Stanford played a great game versus them. I don't know where that went, but yeah, I got this abroad as well. Um, yeah, I don't even got a score for that. I'm say they get at least forty. You know, it's 45, 45 to twenty one, something like that. Forty five, fourteen. Jake, Cap, any thoughts on the matchup at the library? Uh, no, I, I think Arizona rolls and rolls pretty comfortably. I think it's at least a three four possession game. Yeah, uh, and speaking of games that uh, are in my opinion, fixing to be an absolute bloodbath. Uh, final non-UW matchup of the night. Uh, kicks off at the same time as our game against Cal. Uh, on Fox, we've got UCA, USC heading to uh, to Sun Devil Stadium with the over-under at 62. USC is a 34.5-point favorite on the road. Um, and I think they cover that. Without sweating. <laughs> I, I think so, too. I think this is another game where Caleb Williams only plays the first half. Um, it should be similar to us in Michigan State. 35 points, um, point deficit at halftime. This isn't going to be fun to watch for anyone that is an ASU fan. It's not going to be funny, fun for anybody to watch that isn't a USC fan. True. Man, them boys going to try to come out hard the first quarter, realize they ain't got the juice, and then they're getting a 60-burger put on them. So, Nothing fun about that's a 60 burger. Mm-hmm. USC big. Big. Huge. 
and support this podcast at podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash sound the siren pod uw slash support. Thanks. Go dogs. All right. And as I mentioned in the intro, one final Pac-12 after dark tussle with the Golden Bears of California. Uh, I, I will briefly mention we're going to not just do picks. We're going to dive deep into the, the key, you know key matchups, key things to look for, uh, key areas of concern. Uh, UW is a twenty and a half point favorite um, with the over under at fifty nine and a half uh, in this matchup at home against Cal on Saturday at seven thirty. Uh, but but keys from from each of you guys. What are you guys What are you guys going to be focused on and, and focused on and worried about? I'm not worried about Saturday anything. night. Dogs by a million. I love the enthusiasm. <laughs> um, but for real, I want to see some takeaways from uh, the defensive secondary. Um, yep. Looking at Cal's passing stats right now, they only have less than 600 yards as a team passing right now. Um four touchdowns to three picks. I want to see some sacks out of the defensive line, especially if ZTF is back the way we think he is after what he showed at MSU. Um, But yes, I would like to see some defensive takeaways, um, particularly interceptions uh, for our guys on the outside. One one thought on that is that a lot of it is going to depend on who's getting the majority or, or who plays at quarterback for Cal. I think that that question is a little bit up in the air. Uh, ben Either. Finley, who I think started their opener and started against Auburn, um, I think is it, it's listed as an or right now. Yeah. Um, he is less mobile, so I think if he's who gets the the majority of the run at quarterback, I think you are going to see uh, a good day from the defensive line. Um, I think that gets mitigated if it's, if it's Sam Jackson, the fifth, um, because much like we had with Taylor green, the name of the game with, with Sam is contain, 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 and don't let him get outside. But on that side of things, Sam is also, um, I, I went back and watched some of the, the extended highlights from the Idaho game. Um, he is prone to making some, Hey, I'm about to get hit. I'm going to just chuck the ball in the air decisions that against Idaho, he was very lucky that his own receiver caught it. Uh, against our defense, that ball's in our hands. Agreed. Do we know if Jaden Odd is playing? Sounds like he's going to be a go. Okay. I hadn't heard. But... Yeah. Um, I think their DBs match up very well versus what we what we have. Um, I specifically probably know that they are going to attack number 15 and their linebackers. <laughs> number 15 is a corner last name Hearns. Um, not, I would say, probably the, the weakest link in their secondary. Um, everybody else is going to have a shot at the NFL. So this is going to be the most talented um with the, the combination of, mo- of talent and coaching, I think this is going to be the best defense that we will play this year. So this will be a barometer of how we play versus, you know, teams that are really going to challenge us schematically um, offensively. And if we handle these guys, you can kind of be confident that we only can kind of beat ourselves on offense. 
Well, oh. luckily, well, I mean, what you mentioned earlier with what they were doing with Jeremy and Jalen in the backfield and forcing matchups on the linebackers, if we're talking about beating guys schematically, we know that we have the coaching staff in Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubb to do exactly that and to scheme these guys open and create those mismatches that you want to see. Um, not that you're trying to run away from anybody. You're not trying to run away from any particular defensive backs, but you're trying to put them in a position where they have to match up in a way that's not favorable to them. Um, and we have both the talent on the field, obviously, and the schematic um, offensive coordinator to exploit those mismatches and create those mismatches. So I'm not worried yep. about that whatsoever. I think yeah, that's it. Not... Go ahead, Hood. You're good, Hulang. Hulang, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say that I, I think it is a – this is going to be a matchup and kind of find key weaknesses and exploit that. I think, you know, that what we were talking about with the offense flexing Jalen and Jeremy into the backfield, you're not going to see Jackson Sermon be able to run with <laughs> Jeremy or Jalen coming out of the backfield. Um, I think this could be a huge – Those guys running a wheel against Jackson Sermon. Right. I mean, I, I think <laughs> – Right. Well, I, I think this is also going to be a huge game. I think this has the potential to be another huge game for the tight ends between Westover, Culp, Moore, Cuevas. I think those guys are all going to make significant contributions. I do think to disrupt some of the passing attack, obviously, I think this is a defense with Wilcox. I think they're going to try and bring a little bit more pressure. So uh, RB pass pro and blitz pickup is going to be a huge factor in this one. Um, but Idaho who, you know, and they've got some good talent there, but our quarterback and receiver room talent is levels upon levels upon levels better than what they have at Idaho. Uh, and McCoy from Idaho threw for 278 on these guys last week. Um, their leading receiver had eight catches for 80 yards. Um, they're not slowing. Like, is it going to be more of the intermediate game? I, I think that they do have the talent and the coaching that I, I think that's less likely that they get beat multiple times way, way over the top. But how many times already this year is, have we seen that this offense is perfectly content to be like, okay, you want us to find the soft, the, the empty space at, you know, 15, 20 yards out, but we'll do that and march right down the field and score. Grubb was able to manipulate a matchup where Jacob Winman had to guard Jalen McMillan on like a 12 yard out. You know, I'm chilling, and like you can just see in 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 Jacob Women's body language where he was like, "Wait, what? Like, you want me to cover a receiver?" (laughs) Bro, it was wild. But um, I think on uh, I think defensively for us, I think this would be a great game to get a barometer of our tackling. Yep. Um, Infants and and Ott are are two tough guys, two SOBs that are going to be tough to bring down. Cedric too. Uh, Cedric, they run hard. Good call. Good call. They run hard, and and they're and they, what we were talking about with Tybo, what you know, what he will be in a couple of years in the weight room. It's the the leg drive and the thickness and the musculature and the legs. They all have it. Mm-hmm. Odd's gonna odd's like a power long strider. So if anybody's coming in with them arm tackles, uh, that's not gonna work. Um, and anybody um, just throwing their pads at somebody, they're not gonna be knocking down in fonts. So um, we're going to need to have some discipline in tackling. Um, and then obviously second half when you're up, you can tee off. Um, I have a, a – do you want to do score predictions? 
Yeah, or I, I certainly we were going to do score predictions. I just wanted to do it, you know, any further thoughts in the breakdown or kind of key matchups. Um, I guess I can kind of transition into people. Um, I would say, once again, um, look for the, the two dudes who have made great plays um, on the defensive backfield to have games. I think Mish and Cam Fab have really, really good games. Um, and then offensively, I'm really looking for, you know, Dylan Johnson and Will to be that combination back there that um, we can lean on for sure when we're going to need to. So I really want to see the run game get some type of uh, uh, momentum from the Michigan State game. So, Yep. I agree with you. And I also think, like I, I was saying, I think Cal's going to try and bring pressure. And I think we're going to counter some of that with some more of that run game and take advantage of when they, they, you know, whether it's a draw, whether it's a screen, what, you know, what, what have you to counter some of the Cal's aggressiveness and kind of gash them for a, an over-aggressive call. Yeah. It just, it's going to be, it's just going to be very different this year. Um, you look at Texas and they were really trying to force Mike hot, you know, so like catch the ball and you got to make a decision, you know, and, this year, it, it, that's not a big deal. You know, if I have to catch the ball and make a decision, I've got three, four guys that are going to be there to take advantage of one-on-ones. So I just think it's just going to be very tough for, for Cal to bring pressure or for anybody to bring pressure and trust that they're back end with maybe a robber or deep or one guy, uh, one robber or one deep help. That's going to be tough to stop. So, yeah. I got a I got a a score of thirty eight to thirteen. Alright. Tugs, what um, do you think? I'll go uh I'll go forty five to twenty. They get a late score. They get a garbage late score. I got uh forty two seventeen. All right. Again, a late score. I'll go forty-eight twenty-one. But I wouldn't be surprised if we actually hang a fifty burger. Man, somebody was mentioning a potential shutout, and to be honest, man, like I feel like this team is kind of gunning for one. You know, I feel like the energy on this team, like they really want to be dominant on both sides of the ball. Yep. And I also got to give a huge shout out to William Inge and Chuck Morrell. Yep. Um, the simulated pressures have had all these quarterbacks, you know, off their spots, off their marks, rushing what they want to do hot when you're dropping seven or eight. You know what I mean? So you guys have done a phenomenal job of install, um, establishing, you know, a standard, having crazy attention to detail, um, and then having it resonate amongst your leaders to resonate amongst the guys. Um, because it, you get guys like Tristan Dunn in there, and he's super glued to somebody um, with a PBU. You know, you throw in Vince Nunley, and, you know, I think verbatim um, – uh, Coach DeBoer was like early on, you know, it was baptism by fire, but by the second half, he was comfortable. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, yep. I mean, we've got to watch out for Jeremiah Hunter. He's one of the weapons that can beat us if we over, um, 
overcorrect or over address the trying to shut down the run. I think this is a huge game for our D line. Um, both in terms of the positive, you know, what they're, what they're able to contribute. But I think this is a, um, in terms of guys that I'm going to really, that I think can really show something beyond what they already have. I think this is going to be a huge game for Thule and, 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 and Ulamu as well. And everybody in the interior D line, because I think they're going to have a huge hand in slowing down the running attack, whether that's keeping the linebackers clean to make tackles or whether it's just straight up stacking, like what we saw a lot. I mean, let's, I think Cal's got a better offensive line, but I don't think it's like a world's better offensive line than Michigan State. And a lot of that running game for Michigan State got shut down even before it got to Eddie or Raylan or Toop or Carson. The D line was just eating it up themselves. I, that I is feel like our defense has just totally stepped it up this year and is playing at a different, higher level. They, I don't know if that's like the plays getting in quicker or everyone's understanding everything more, but man, I, I just feel like our defense is playing downhill and they, they just know their assignment and they're trusting everybody. They're trusting their teammates. Yeah. just this defense feels different. It's it's second year in the system. And, and to couple with that, like once all the guys are on the same page um, and a big thing too, is not having a crazy amount of turnover. You're not kicking up, you're not processing a bunch of guys and bringing a bunch of guys in. So uh, you're kind of able to have that continuity in message in system and attitude. And you can see it like Mish doesn't have the confidence to jump that route. If he doesn't have the understanding that he's got help inside or outside or behind, you don't have that confidence to, if you watch that, he was extremely aggressive with his um, with his read step, everything. So, um, yeah, I just think it's just second year in the system, and uh, you're not seeing those late call uh, those late um, calls coming in. Um, you're seeing far more communication, guys flying around. Um, like Darker Knight was saying uh, last episode, I do really want to see one linebacker kind of be able to kind of stay in and have the other guy rotate. Um, I, I feel like Carson Bruner is playing at a ridiculous level right now. Yep. And I just want to see him get some postseason accolades just because of the level that he's playing at. So I'd love to see him kind of. Is this a, is this Go a ahead, defense Doug. that, okay, so I saw some things compared to the UW offense compared to Joe Burrow's offense at LSU. Is this a defense that we can win a national title with? Uh, I, I personally would say yes. You have to think about um, your competition. You can't think like like we're playing the 2019 teams. You have to think like, Who's comparable defensively in the country? The majority of teams around the country, their two deeps aren't. I mean, there are two deeps people you can attack. You know, they're not like hoarding a bunch of talent anymore. Like Georgia, Alabama don't have a ton in their three deeps anymore, as they kind of showed. Uh, Bama looked like a seven, eight win team without Jalen Milrow. So um, I just think it's just the way that it kind of matches up this year. Can you name? Right now, um, any 
elite no. secondaries? Not like one DB that's elite, but like, can you name any elite secondaries? Can you name any no. elite linebacking groups? Can you name no. any elite D-line groups? So it's like scattered individuals on a bunch of teams around the country, and there's no like full unit that's like talent-wise super, super superior. Yeah, I saw some kind of discourse about this, and a lot of people just saying this is what happens when all the schools can start paying guys, not just the yep. SEC and not yep. just the Ohio States. Um, so this is kind of what it's going to be like for a little while now. Um, I also wanted to say something regarding what you were saying, Hood, about uh, the tackling uh, for this game against Ott and against Infance. Um, but what uh, what we saw from the defense, particularly the linebackers, tackling a guy like uh, Nate Carter at MSU, who is a elite, elite running back. Um, I'm pretty comfortable saying that if they can do that on the road against a guy like that, uh, they can do it at home uh, against these running backs from Cal. Yeah. I think the other – oh, sorry, Ed, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying it's a, a great point for sure. I think I think Ott's a little a little bigger, and, like, his running style, too, is a little bit tougher to arm tackle. We didn't really do too much arm tackling. Yeah, I was about to say, I didn't see Carter. much arm tackling against Carter anyway. We weren't, we weren't arm tackling. He's a smaller guy, maybe a little lighter on the yeah. waist, easier to kind of wrap up. But he didn't really get to the second or third level. Yeah, I was about to say you're also got clean <laughs> linebackers getting in there, um, and if the the interior D line like Hooligan was talking about can do their job and keep those guys clean, I feel confident that if Carson and Eddie and Raylan are free and clean to make those tackles, that they're going to be able to shut that run game down. Yep, and I think the other thing to me, like as as we've been talking about it, that comes up is like and why I, I tend to still lead this to being a blowout in our favor. The games where I worry are going to be games like SC, Oregon, a couple of others that could legitimately keep pace with us scoring. A power running game with one good receiver, I'm sorry, I've seen enough from this defense that two or three times in this game, they're not going to get go all the way down to the field and get in the end zone. We're going to be able to slow that down enough. And I don't see enough from their defense that they're going to be like, I'm really worried about their defense to slow us down enough where they're not going to be chasing the game for the majority of the, the game because of how dangerous. And like, like we were talking about with, with our ability to be like, okay, you're, you're going to give us the intermediate passing game. Okay, we're gonna hit you. we're gonna hit you with five passes for sixteen yards and go right down and we're, we'll mix in a couple of runs and here we are in the red zone. Guard six people and keep us out of the end zone. One of the things too that I just want to point to is while we blew Michigan State out and a lot of things look clean, um, what hurt us versus UCLA and ASU were those Jalen Polk tip passes and it was caught so. A call for a touchdown. So those little small things that we won last week, they still happened. You know what I mean? So as much as, you know, we may feel like we're a well-oiled machine because things have bounced in our favor so far, it could real, it could, it could easily be, oh, this is a pick six, you know, and now we're down or except those types of things. Oh, 
we haven't. I think our special teams has played lights out, but we haven't had any special teams adversity, so we don't really know how that. So there's a lot of question marks that you know, um, well coached teams are going to really, really challenge us. I don't know too much if Cal is that team to do so, but I, yep. I know they're they're fit uh, athletically and fit discipline and coaching wise to at least threaten us. So yeah. in ways, I mean, not the result, but everyone's at at risk of a tip ball going the, the other way. And I mean, uh, that could happen to anyone on any given play. Um, I will say that our um, kick coverage this year is vastly improved from what we saw last year. Um, so I do think that our, our special teams play has, has taken a huge step forward. You're right though. The only special teams adversity that we've faced is I think we missed a PAT once. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, I haven't seen any, well, any difficulty. And Hood, that's a great point because Cal does lead. I think Cal does lead the country right now in takeaways. That said, Whoa, wow. um, yep. again, but then look who they've played. <clears throat> I mean, exactly. And to that point, you talk about our kick coverage. Um, I think in the not too distant future. And it very well could be in this game. We've got a turnover coming based on our kick coverage. Himes and one of those is done are murdering people. Right. Like (laughs) we've got one of those where like he lost his clay and he lost the football and we've got the football. (laughs) And, and also too on the opposite side of that, I got a, I got a good feeling that there's going to be a game where Jeremy's Jeremy's yes. Also, I tweeted out, I've been doing it every week for the receiving group, Jalen, Jalen, Jeremy, Rome. Somebody please get those boys off punt return. It's so <laughs> bad. Like, that's uh, one one thing that I'm worried about. And also, like, the you talked about it at one point, Hood, a, a couple weeks ago, the risk-reward of having your two top receivers in punt return. Um, the reward right now is nothing. So get somebody else back there. If for no other reason, if we can't get any more yards out of it, I don't want those guys back there. I was watching a game Saturday and there and the dude, the punt returner put his hand up for fair catch and the defense didn't even see it and blew dude up. We do not. Was that, that. I, I think I saw that too. Was that in the Colorado? Well, well, it could have been. Well, Jalen put his hand up and still got tackled anyway. It wasn't a blow up tackle, but it was wrapped him up around the knees and took him backwards. Took him down, yeah, mm-hmm. that's, not, that's that risk is not worth the reward. And I mean, you can put Jeremy back there. I'm I'm assuming there may they there probably uh, are some uh, decision making uh, issues with having Jeremy back there because I'm pretty sure if he's this good at KOR, they put him back there on PR. And he probably was like, I got this. <laughs> when he should have probably fair caught. But get, get Jeremy back there, yeah. man. Get... Yep. I agree. And that boosts, that boosts the profile of Grub, too. If you get, like, your fourth receiver has all these all-purpose yards. He's got rushing yards, receiving yards. And talk about recruiting. Mm-hmm. Is there a defense? Is there a defense? I'm going to have a... Go ahead, Jake. Was that Tugs? Uh, I was just going to say, um, we have Giles Jackson, too, on a medical red shirt. At some point, just get him out there and let him return some shit if he's healthy. I don't know how far out he is, but 
if for no other purpose, and get him out there to return something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's another area where the where the Cam Davis injury hurts. Not that Cam was going to be back there returning kicks, but if Cam's healthy, Will Nixon's probably back there on punt yeah. return. Oh yeah, man, good call. Is there, is there a defense in the country that could stop this offense? Ryan Grubb says no. I think you're just banking on us being ourselves on offense at this point. Yep. Um, you know, the thing that ASU and more US, UCLA and even Texas in the bowl game, Texas kind of just brought a ton of pressure and said, beat our athletes. Um, I, you cannot do that this year. Because uh, <laughs> they will. Because they will. And UCLA, um, they kind of just put a cap on the defense. But you're seeing, like, a bunch of mesh uh, post curls, a lot of crossers, a lot of double posts, um, a lot of things that attack a lot of these, like, keep everything in front of you defenses. So they're – and they're they're more comfortable also, too, taking that, like, 10 to 12-yard route when last year that was the bomb, you know. Right. Um, so I, I just do – I do think you – I don't think there's a defense that's complete enough um, to stop us. I think defenses can maybe hold us to what Texas did, like 27, 30. But I don't I don't think we ever get, like, super out of rhythm. You're yeah, going to have to just score with us. I yep. like that's defense what it's going like, to have to be. Like, rattles us. Yes. Like, I don't think there's a defense in the country that would, like, rattle us. And, like, Michael Penix would, like, throw his arms up. It like, would be atmosphere. Know what this defense is doing, you know? No. There's there's not a there's not a look that he's not seen at this point. Um and it would be more environment that would impact us. So even I because that's the only thing that can the only variable that kind of would even impact upperclassmen, right? Like Eddie hasn't played in a long time. He hasn't played in a meaningful game in a long time too. So like even though he's a senior and been on campus for so long, like what if the game is a, a semifinal? There's not been a single player on our team that's been through that. But if you're playing Michigan, who's been through that, who's lost, who got upset in that environment, they at least like have some chip on their shoulder that you know we didn't have to fire up. That's just in them already. Um, whereas we're going to be like, oh, this is, we got cool backpacks and we're getting good swag and cool gear. The hotel's cool. Like it's just a different environment. So I think yeah. that stops us more Michigan than anything. in the semifinal game. Holy shit. <laughs> rematch yeah it would be but but yeah like I, I think that's a great point because it's like no there's not a Georgia from the last two years defense out there in the country right now like and Georgia doesn't have the off like they you know Beck's been decent to good but he's not what Stetson Bennett was for them last year I mean we're seeing it at Bama like if you get to the playoff this is one of those years where literally like all bets are off. Yeah, and even against the team that's been there, Buffett's are like those blue blood teams over the last 10 years, the Bama's Ohio State's Georgia's are all looking real beatable. Well, real, real look beatable. at Ohio state was a missed field goal away from beating Georgia last year. Yeah. And Ohio state is not what they were last year, this year by yeah. any stretch of the imagination. So like, Say, like, do you tell me we're going to play a semifinal against Ohio State? Bring it. 
You tell me we're going to play the semifinal against Michigan? Bring it on. Man, if we get to play Ohio State this year head-to-head, James Odunze's head might explode. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. He's going to be – I think I'm fine with him. We're going to watch a game together and yell Rome's name all – with, with how much he wants to hype up Rome, which, again, we're all here for, I think he might tweet Marvin Harrison Jr.'s name just as much as he does Rome's because he just compares I, them all day. I agree. <laughs> I'm waiting for him to say something positive about Jalen Polk and Jalen McMillan, though. You know. <laughs> They're also better than... Wait, hold on. Yeah, the, the only <laughs> thing that that he's tweeted in praise of anyone else... Uh, on UW was the uh, Heisman odds today uh, for Penn's. yeah I saw that that was the first yeah. thing that I've seen from him that was positive is he the, for it, not Rome all respect though all is respect all the front the, runner yeah hundred percent no he's still second to Caleb no way Caleb's plus three fifty and Mike's plus five fifty right now we gonna but, get that yeah. All right, anything else that we need to talk about, or should we call this one good? I just hope the game kicks off before, what, 1 a.m.? <laughs> What's the forecast for Saturday night? What's the forecast? Bro, I keep looking, and I'm like, I'm not going to look no more. Dude, I'm it, about to we'll have to talk about how elite of a troll it is by Hadley Hack and the uh, creative team to use Metallica's Ride the Lightning for this, year, this yeah. week's graphic. That's so fucking good. It's the last game, and it's almost like let's not let's like put this behind us now. Like let's... it's like the, the staff. Like I think there's just, there's some intentionality with our coaching staff and like the administrative staff. Let's uh-huh. like let's exercise the hell out of all of our demons. Mm-hmm. Like all of them. Like we have we worry about not getting the cow. Let's let's like we had a thing. a bugaboo about playing on grass. We just <laughs> kicked the shit out of a power five school on grass. Like. I think they're gonna. It's gonna come up next week too with going on the road to, to Arizona, yep. and I think like yep. I think this team and the staff and like the whole department is gotcha. on a mission. Good, good point with the word intentional. Like I think I agree with that. Like I think they're attacking these little auras and these little, and they're embracing them and turning them into positive things. Like oh, you think this is? You, sometimes you're so good, you have to manufacture challenges. You know what I mean? Mm. Manufacture some opposition. I think that. Yep. Works. I'm a. Uh, I'm I'm excited to ahead, see talk. um what this uh how the lights are and how everyone likes it's yeah. act our whole time yeah. with the lights I'm like stoked like I I wish I could be in the stadium and watch that that's gonna be that's gonna be fucking awesome like I'm super jacked to, I I do think this athletic department is really really trying I think they're listening like they're trying they're they're doing their best. You can tell that there's yeah. an effort being made. Um, we still have plenty of things to clean up, as we've talked about ad nauseum on previous episodes. But you can feel that there's intentional, like Hood and uh, Hooligan have said, intentional effort uh, for a lot of things. Um, whether it's the coaching staff directly, or the administrative staff, or the uh, university uh funneling the funds to do something like those new lights um but it's all intentional for this program yeah which is amazing and this is the last thing this is the last thing i'll say man um 
play some 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 music or some with the lights or like have something some type of segment there music and karaoke would be tight please uh we are over the macklemore you don't have to have it tied to seattle at all just make it a good song choice if you're gonna have any type of fan engagement uh and party to the usa party in the usa also please please no let's spice it up you know pull this pull the players maybe maybe that'll give you a, a hint of what young people like to listen to um, but yeah, yeah. That's, that's about it and, and, and to that point, I will also say something recognizable and please not something that's recognizable because somebody else is like famous for doing it. So no sweet Caroline, no Mr. Brightside, <laughs> no apologies, Jared Kelnick, no country roads, a song about the state of Virginia, not West Virginia. Let's, but that's a, that's another story. Um, but yeah, <laughs> hell they did it an elite photo photo shoot this week. I'd be Dicks. ecstatic with my posse's on Broadway as our fourth quarter song. That would be so fun. I would love it. Hell yeah, that's perfect. That is perfect. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back next week. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. <laughs>